What is up, Alexi, and welcome back to Spocast. Today on the podcast, we have a duo that helped start Relentless Wrestling. Nick's band also goes by Jackson Price and Chase James. And they are here to talk all about how they started this amazing wrestling organization in Spokane, Washington. It's grassroots, and they're just doing amazing things in our city and putting on just fabulous wrestling events. You've got to go check them out. I hopefully will make it to next week's event, which you can all get tickets for still. Uh, tickets are are low, but it's out at Players and Spectators on November 11th, and you can get your tickets at brownpapertickets.com. And yeah, it, this conversation was so much fun to have with uh, Jackson Price and Chase James. I get their names mixed up a couple times only because uh, Nick Spann, a.k.a. Jackson Price, has, has two names, and I... And then I was just like Jackson Price, Chase James. I just kept on mixing them up, and it was it was kind of funny. And I it was the first time I'd ever met them too. But they were just really cool guys, and uh, I I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. And it's actually kind of funny. I'm I'm giving the description of the episode before I do all of my my shout outs to uh, Main Market Co-op and my Patreon supporters, and that's because I've got some feedback, and it's personal feedback. It's feedback from other people. Is that my intros? are a little too long, and I understand that. I can tend to ramble, and I, I imagine a lot of people will probably just skip over all this. But with that saying, I'm going to keep them shorter. First of all, they take a long time for me to write all the notes for, and it's actually been making me delay releasing episodes because I kind of get into this mode where I'm like, I'm, I have so much anxiety about getting this intro done, and that's not what this podcast is about. Like, I don't want to like delay episodes because it's taking me too long to write intros. So from here on out, I am going to make them short. I'm going to plug what they're doing if they're plugging something and just say, introduce you so you you know what you're about to listen to. And then I'm going to get into my shout outs and then we'll get into the podcast. So thank you all again so much for being a part of Spocast. It's very important to me and I'd love to get even more feedback from you. So if you want to Send me an email at hello at spokast.com. Do that. Slide into my DMs on Instagram. I'm all ears. I would love to get some ideas for new guests and ways I can make the show better. So here are my shout outs to my sponsors. First off, Main Market Food Co-op was founded in 2010 with just 700 member owners. And in the last 13 years, it has become a vibrant part of downtown Spokane with over 9,000 member owners today. Its focus is on equal respect for its consumers, producers, and the environment. And Main Market is dedicated to offering the highest quality foods with the smallest footprint while supporting the strength of our local food economy. As a full-service grocery store, bakery, deli, Main Market is your one-stop shop for all of your grocery needs. The one thing I want to point out today about Main Market is their amazing deli. They have everything that you need for your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. They have a salad bar. They make four made-from-scratch soups daily. And to top it all off, they have a full-source burrito bar. So if you're hungry, get down there to Main Market. They got some great meal options for you. And I, I love going over there and grabbing something at least once a week. Um, so whether you're looking for a delicious meal or a well-stocked grocery store, Main Market Food Co-op is a place for you. Go visit them today on the corner of Main and Brown in downtown Spokane, right across from my studio. Lastly, this podcast could not be done without my amazing Patreon supporters. They are Elizabeth and Bill Pointer, Joe Van Voorhis, Elizabeth Geyer, Abby Pointer, Lee Wick, Gina Campbell, Tyler Poole, Sarah Thorpe, 
Judy Pointer, Zach Hawkins, Amber Sparks, Luke Baumgarten, Valerie Osier, Alex Leah, and Nick Spanger. Thank you all again so much for being a Spocastonite, a Patreon supporter. If you want to support what I'm doing here at Spocast, visit patreon.com backslash Spocast. Well, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Here is Nick Span, also goes by Jackson Price, his wrestling name, and Chase James. This is Spocast. Sitting here with uh, Chase James and Nick Spand, aka Jackson Price of Relentless Wrestling. Thank you both for joining me on the on Spocast. Uh, I, I should start by ha- both of you introduce yourselves so they know your voice. Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. What what is your role within Relentless Wrestling? Uh, my role is I'm co-owner and I currently do production and ring crew. Um, yeah. Well, currently I have to follow that and, and chase. What do you do He's within good. relentless wrestling? <laughs> well, first of all, are we live right now? Cause that's like, normally when I go, there's a bell that'll start. No, there's, there's no, we're, we are live. Yeah. There's we're there... we're not like live, live though. Can someone give me like a ding ding? ding? Okay. There we go. Now I'm ready. <laughs> <I got you. clears throat> so my name is Chase James, okay. uh, Spokane's best wrestler and co-founder, co-owner, head coach, and overall, just genius at relentless wrestling. It's not true. And I also heard you turned heel. Is that true? Is that so that was what the Inlander article? Oh. <laughs> did, you, did you tell who? I don't know who's putting out this false uh, news. But, well, we should blame uh, Seth Summerfield. Yeah. I, he wrote a just an amazing article about Scathing relentless. Scathing article. And yeah, and like one of the first in like the intro paragraph, it was just like, yeah, it said Jackson Price. Is that sorry? Not Jackson Price. Chase James. Forgive me. I can't. This, that was the most. I'm gonna, add, I'm gonna edit this. Don't edit I, that. Yeah. Don't. Keep that in. Keep that in. <laughs> Chase. Uh, he he says that you know Chase James is the best wrestler in Spokane, but he's also turned heel. So I don't like. You're a bad guy now. Is that Look, is that what that means? <laughs> I'm not a bad guy. I'm just doing what it takes to win. Uh, I used to really be all about you know kissing the babies, shaking the hands, and yada yada yada. And then I realized I was focused too much on people pleasing, and not enough on winning. So I'm a little more aggressive these days. What's your win record? A lot. Why don't you tell us the actual numbers? It's too much to remember. Uh, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's a lot, okay? It's a lot. And there's, there's definitely people. some zeros in there. Yeah, because there's so many wins. It's like a thousand. on the other side. <laughs> so going backwards into time, like a, starting <laughs> out, like before even Relentless Wrestling, like what was your both intros to like, your love for wrestling. Jackson, you go first. Oh, boy. Um, so I got into wrestling in the mid-90s during the Monday Night Wars, mm. WCW and WWF, now the E. Um, so that really got me into it, and I've always kind of followed it through my 20s and as time went on. And then a common friend of ours who I've lost and can't find him, um, his name is Lance Pearson. He went to wrestling school in Canada, mm. and I had met him through an ex-girlfriend. So she, she suggested I talk to him about wrestling. So he comes back from school, says, oh, my gosh, you're huge. You should learn to wrestle. And I was like, I don't know. I'm 31 at this point. Mm. Eh, okay. And so he tells me, he's like, there's some people here in town. You should learn to do it. And this was 2017. And uh, the first time I stepped in a ring, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a drug. Mm. And here we are today. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, my story doesn't have any drugs like that one. <laughs> <laughs> my story, my story started when I was just a young boy, 
every night I would go to bed and I would say my prayers and I would pray that one day I'd be a professional wrestler. Then, unfortunately, life happened and I got really busy and I forgot about that dream. I, uh, I ended up pursuing MMA. My dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and I didn't really know how to deal with these emotions. So I took it out with going to the gym and spending my time there. Fell in love with it, kind of forgot about wrestling, then got busy with real life. <clears throat> then after real life settled down, I decided I wanted to get back into MMA. I went to a local jujitsu gym to do a class, and when I got there, the class was closed. But <laughs> next door to that class was a professional wrestling school, and I said, I could do that. Turns out I couldn't at first. It was very, very difficult and very, very challenging. <laughs> <clears throat> For someone like me who's naturally good at everything I do, this was a very addicting thing for me. Not a drug, like some people would say. <laughs> and it, uh, it, it drove me and it motivated me to get good at this because I was really struggling with professional wrestling and how to do it and how to perform and how to execute the moves and how to do what I loved as a child now as an adult. So I, uh, I stuck with it. I met some seven foot guy. He was kind of a jerk, uh, but I was like, I could be better than him. And then I kept going with it. And then I traveled all over the United States, training in different areas and doing seminars and camps. And before you knew it, I was one of the best wrestlers in the world. So that's kind of oh, how that happened. Wow. Oh, boy. That's that's amazing. Uh, when, it truly is. What was the, the school that you... Well, were you both in the same school, like like training? Like, how many wrestling schools are okay. there in Spokane? Uh, let, let's yeah, let's yeah. clarify. <laughs> this was not a school okay. here in Spokane. So it was some people who thought they were starting a school, and uh, we didn't know any better at the time because we're 2017 coming into this, mm -hmm. and we started with extreme basics there. Mm. It wasn't until uh, we went over to Seattle and started training over there where they did have legitimate schools at the time. I went to three two one. Uh, Chase was there for a little while, and then he went over to Buddy Wayne, um, and did his finished his training, and then I stayed with three two one for a while, and so that's that's where the wrestling was happening. Mm. Uh, and in this training, like, how many injuries injuries did you both get? Like, I, all in training? I, yeah, like I feel well, like whenever I hear about wrestling, is this like how many like this this like the the amount of physical toll it takes on your body and is that is that fair to say it is i got injured a lot but someone who's seven feet tall 300 pounds didn't really get injured that much he was the one Here doing the injuring <laughs> <laughs> okay in training to be fair no i don't think i ever sustained an injury in training okay. matches yes training no uh so i mean yeah I, this isn't where i was expecting the conversation to go immediately because i i'm I should I take my pants no. off? Would that help us get back on track? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. No, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe the viewers can see. So for all they know, <laughs> no, I have, I have a camera here. Oh, crap. So, it, uh, but I, but like when I'm thinking about wrestling in Spokane, like I'm for almost 40 years old and uh, very not very. I don't feel very old, but you, like you don't my, look old either. My buddies like did backyard wrestling, like in the the early 2000s and we're really into it and that's like all i ever really know knew about like independent wrestling but then lo and behold there's like camps and training facilities like this exist everywhere to help people become professional wrestlers and like has that ever existed on a level in spokane uh well, first off, I want to clarify that your buddies who are playing backyard wrestling are nowhere near what we do. They're not <laughs> professional wrestlers. They're people who are play fighting in a yard. 
He's so, not wrong. You yeah. can tell him I said that. They know where to find me. Right. <laughs> there has never been a professional wrestling school. There's never been anything professional wrestling in Spokane until Relentless Wrestling. And that's why we made Relentless Wrestling what it is. Mm. See, for people like me, who's a professional wrestler and has put in the hard work and has done the time and has actually perfected my craft... I wanted something I could be proud of in Spokane. Mm -hmm. Jackson wanted something that he could invite his mother, his grandmother, and his friends to come watch that they would enjoy rather than going, this is a bunch of our friends play fighting in the backyard. (laughs) So we took it to another level. We started bringing in talent from AEW. We brought in talent from WWE. We've brought in talent from Mm. all over the world because we truly deliver the best professional wrestling product. Mm. And the cool part about our product is whether you're – Someone who just knows that your friends used to play fight in the yard, or someone who used to watch the WWE, or you're someone who just wants to go out on a Saturday night and have a fun time, you're going to come and you're going to see so many characters and so much razzling and dazzling that you're going to go, I didn't even realize that was a wrestling show. Mm. This was so much fun. There was so much different flavors of ice cream for everyone there that it was a fun environment where I met a bunch of fun, cool people, and I was able to enjoy myself. Ooh, I like that. Well... I, I want to get into all of Relentless. I have a lot of questions about it because that's where I really want to take this conversation because I there's a lot of questions to be asked there. I, I I'm gonna skip kind of the like getting to know you and your backstories in Spokane because I feel like I want to talk more and more about Relentless Wrestling, but I want to talk about Spokane and we'll talk about that right now and then we'll get more in, into Relentless Wrestling and we're gonna play the Spokast Hot List. I mean it's a name association game. I'm gonna say one word. And you're going to say the first word that comes to your mind as it relates to Spokane. And the first question I always ask is park. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Riverfront. <laughs> dinosaur park. There's no dinosaur park. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do better. Coffee. Black. Don't drink it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, you're going to butcher my, my, my game here. <laughs> Beer. Beer. That's all I got. horrible. Beer. Beer with beer. <clears throat> uh, Brickhouse West was the first word that came to mind. Oh, bri- Brick Brick West. Brick West, yeah. Yes. Uh, I was gonna, do you guys drink beer? I, uh, no, I'm a professional athlete, a professional wrestler, so I don't really <laughs> drink beer. Uh, <laughs> I like Ronnier. Okay. I mean, I, I bought some beer. I forgot to offer it to you. I just oh, didn't know okay. if you wanted any. Wanted any. Uh, do you want an honest review from someone who doesn't drink beer? Because I will try it, and we can... From I, I was gonna say, if you want honest reviews, you, I mean, I got to try them, but I gotta, it might not be good reviews. I got a, I got a Brick West beer for you. Let's try it. Let's try it. I've never actually tried one of their beers, and I said that that was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> I've never even been there, so. Do you want an IPA or do you want a Gosa? Uh, this is what's Gosa's choice. Gosa's lighter. It's like uh, uh, he wants lighter. He's a light guy. I Maybe so. no, it's called light. pineapple and guava oh, Gosa. Yeah. I'm sold. Actually, that sounds no, that's amazing. Up his that's, alley. Yeah, that's he's an island boy. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's even cold. I was like, I'm going to try warm beer on the podcast. I'm an island boy. Something boy on the island boy. I'm going to be honest. That's amazing. You should try that. Okay. (laughs) I don't even drink beer, but that's amazing. Get right. Get right, Gosa. I'm glad that that was the word I said when it came. (laughs) It has an interesting... After it's birth. called amazing. It's, that's what you're tasting is amazing. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about food in Spokane because I feel like that's going to be something you both can relate to. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Was that, <laughs> was, was that a dig at our weight? No, no, I feel like you, as a professional athletes, you got to have, you got to, we have taste. You, you got to, oh, okay. you got to eat food in, in order to stay in shape. Uh, favorite burger? 
True oh, Legends Grill. Any of their burgers are amazing. Shit, you would ask that. I, I don't have. Uh, he also says True Legends I, Grill. True Legends Grill. <laughs> <laughs> pizza. Mm, once again, True Legends Grill has uh, really good pizza. Flying <laughs> goat. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, True True Legends Grill has like literally literally everything on the menu. Isn't it amazing? They That's have like my favorite the thing. largest menu in Spokane. <laughs> I like went there like last year, and I was like. It was like twenty pages of like food, and I was like, "What do I even order?" I, yeah, well, I, it's great. It's a great, great, great to have options. It, uh, <laughs> I, I, there's not many places in Spokane where you can go get an amazing juicy burger. You can get a pizza. You can get pasta. You can get a steak. <laughs> Why are we plug in True Legends? Right <laughs> I'm now? just saying that I've tried everything, and it's great. Are they one of our sponsors? Uh, they're not. No, 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 no. But they should be because they're amazing. <laughs> uh, I know you probably you both probably don't eat much of this, but like favorite like fast food. We eat a lot of that. <laughs> T-Bell. Uh, my favorite fast food is actually Cafe Rio, Ooh. which is not super fast, but it's kind of fast because it's like a Mexican subway, I feel. I can yeah. walk in there and get stuff in and out pretty quick. Mm. How about like Spokane Event? Let's go back away from food for a second. All right. We're the worst people. For some <laughs> I thought you were going to go. I was giving uh, you time. If you St. Can't Patrick's go. Day. Ooh, okay. That's not a Spokane event. It's a day in Spokane. They do the parade here. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Uh, my favorite Spokane event is probably the Interstate Fair. I enjoy going to that every year. That's not a Spokane Mostly because of the food. It's Interstate. <laughs> um, I should ask you both, like, what is your, like, backstory of living in Spokane? Were you born and raised here? Were you... Did you move here? Like, well, how did you both get here? Uh, well, I was born in Spokane, but I mostly spent most of my childhood traveling around. I was in a different town every month and had to keep relocating. So Spokane was always home, but I was never here. Mm. And I think that's one of the reasons why, as an adult, I wanted to come back to Spokane, because it was always like the home that I never had that I wanted. Mm. And I'm one of the few people that truly does love Spokane. Mm. I always run into people that are like, oh, I wish I could move here or there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I've been everywhere, and Spokane's pretty nice. We seem to have it all. We have all the big events, all the big stores. Uh, you know, it's not crazy traffic most of the time. Mm -hmm. And Spokane's always just been the perfect size for me. Mm, I like that. Nick, how about you? Um, yeah, I uh, grew up in Medic Lake, mm -hmm. so just outside town. And then I pretty much stayed here. Mine <coughs> is college. I was over in Seattle for a few years. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I I thought about moving and I could have stayed over there, but I didn't like it. I mean, this is where all my friends are, family. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Chase said, I've always really enjoyed Spokane. I love Four Seasons, even though our seasons are all out of whack. Uh, I do quite enjoy them. You know, we're close to lakes, we're close to forests, anything you want to do, mm -hmm. you can do it from here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely really, really do enjoy this town. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's special. It's a special place, and obviously, I, I love it. I started a podcast about it. Now I want to talk about Relentless Wrestling because, like, this is really what we're here to talk about. Started back in 2021, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> after COVID, like when things started opening up, we threw our first show. Is so, but that's just where the, that's where the first show happened. When did the idea of creating relentless wrestling i would say in all reality it was probably the first or second time chase and i actually met each other mm. we were in a parking lot and we were at our cars and we had just just threw it out in the universe like man wouldn't it be crazy if we had our own promotion oh yeah we could do this this that and the other and blah blah mm -hmm. blah and it had always been something that we would occasionally bring up um and then here we are <laughs> we had the opportunity in 2021 and uh Chase was doing some 
helping some other people out in Seattle. So he had some experience. And um, then that really led to, yeah. Uh, we have a third silent owner, we'll call him, uh, Andy Yank, uh, Brothers Flooring. Mm-hmm. He he and I were talking at first because he was really interested. And then I brought the idea to Chase and Chase was like, said a lot of bad words. And then we started a wrestling company. Ch- Chase. That's me. You. <laughs> God, I'm I'm this is this is why I can't do two people. You, would think you, were, two one, you don't know whose eyes to look at. Yeah. You uh, would think you were the one that had the beard here. This is crazy. So, but I should ask, like I and I'm I know I'm all over the place, but you had started out in Seattle, like you had started training in Seattle and doing shows in Seattle, like before Spokane was ever happening. You were doing shows elsewhere, correct? Both of you. Not necessarily. So we okay. started in Spokane. We wrestled for some shows here in Spokane. Okay. Um, but the shows that were running here were very, they were very different is the word I'm going to use to describe this. And we knew that we wanted something that was bigger. We wanted something that was more professional and we wanted something that we would be proud of. We wanted yeah. something that we could show our friends and family and they go, wow, this is really cool. You know, because so, so many people just have them like in their mind when they hear professional wrestling, they think about their friends fighting in their backyard. <laughs> right. And what we do is so much more than that. And it's so much cooler than that. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we really need to get away from this play fighting in the backyard to being a professional wrestler. Mm. And that's really what we did at the time when Relentless was started. I was helping produce another show over in Seattle, mm-hmm. and I was traveling around the United States wrestling. I've wrestled in Canada. I've wrestled in Florida. I've wrestled in New Jersey. I've wrestled in Utah. Like I've wrestled all over, but I was never able to perform in my hometown, and that kind of killed me. Yeah. I, I, I had wrestled here, but it wasn't a place that I would ever invite my family to because I didn't want them to see what was happening. I didn't want them to see the play fighting in the backyard. I wanted them to see professional wrestling. And so when Nick approached me with the idea of let's do it, I said no, (laughs) because I didn't know that if we could live up to that expectation that I wanted, Mm. I didn't know if we were going to be able to deliver the type of product that would take someone who doesn't even enjoy wrestling and they would watch it and go, holy moly, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. The, The funny thing about Relentless is that we have made a community. We have made so many friends and family that normally are from different walks of life that would have never interacted with each other. But once every six weeks, they come together and they see their friends, they see their family, and they see these people that they have bonded with over this event that means so much more to them than just professional wrestling. It's 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 so hard to describe and it's so hard to put into just words. But the, the way that I always explain it to people is that if you've ever been on the fence about seeing a live professional wrestling event, or if you've ever just been in the in the... I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend vibe and you want to try something completely different. You come to one of our shows and you're going to leave feeling something that you haven't felt. You're going to leave feeling fun, happy. You're going to go, I can't believe this happened. Or did you see that? And there's so much that happens and it's so magical that it's just really hard to translate. And I'm glad that that was what we were able to do with the concept we had two years ago to today. What it's mm. grown into. Yeah. What was that first event? <laughs> The first event, the first event was really, it was really a one-off. We didn't know how it was going to go. We didn't know if there was going to be anything more than that first event. Uh, The reason we didn't know if it was going to be anything more than that is because most of the professional wrestling shows that had ran here before were running on a a, a small, small budget, a budget that wasn't realistic. Mm -hmm. And we put a lot of money into it. And we were like, well, we're going to put it out there and we're going to sink or swim. Mm Mm-hmm. And thankfully, when we did it, we had such a 
such a, I don't even know what the word is here, but we, we had such a strong following right out the gate where people were like, this is what we've always wanted. Mm -hmm. This is what we've wanted to see. This is, this is what Spokane deserves. Mm -hmm. And we brought in, I think our first show, 188 people. And we originally were going into it thinking, man, if we can get 50 to a hundred, that would be awesome. So we did that first one. And then we said, all right, that's our first event. We can't expect that all the time. Let's do another event. We'll plan it out in a couple months. We'll see how it goes. And then that second event, we saw the same numbers follow. Mm. So that's when we kind of changed gears and we said, well, maybe being, you know, instead of being once every three to six months, maybe we can try to do this more frequently. Mm-hmm. And now we're running every four to six weeks. Uh, we have a show November 11th and then another show of December 9th that we're already working on. Mm. And we have a whole schedule for next year that you can find by checking us out on social media as under Relentless Wrestling. And we are good plug. <laughs> we are just growing and growing and growing and we keep evolving every show. And it gets hard because I ask myself, how are we going to top everything we did last show? And, uh, you know, at the end of the show, everyone comes up and they go, this was the best show. Yeah, this is so awesome. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, now the pressure's on because we have to do more the next show, the next show. You know, you have people doing scandalous things. You have people going through tables. You have people bleeding all over the place. Mm. You have people doing co- magic and comedy in their matches. Oh, nice. And we do so much that it is just ever growing and it's hard to keep up with but it's way more than i could have ever imagined it being when we had that conversation two years ago Mm. and and something that we're definitely setting us apart from a lot of places um that run in washington or oregon is we've been focusing on stories Mm. and so we have what two two and a half three stories about going right now um and it's something that we really thought out and we're drawing these out to really get the fans invested and they are and you can tell they know these stories now and they, and we're telling them and it's, it's something that you don't see at a lot of shows. Cause you go to a show and it's just wrestler a versus wrestler B for no reason for the 15th time <laughs> go. And then they do it and it gets stale. Yeah. And so something that we're doing, like I said, we're really trying to push stories and, you know, we sit and, try to come up with these crazy stories and then Chase tells me to stop and let's <laughs> dwindle it down a little bit and then I do and then we we find a middle ground um but that's definitely yeah it sets us apart big time from a lot of places so I don't want to offend you at all by asking this question but what separates like a backyard wrestling from like what you're doing like because i i i don't really know the difference and i would love for the like yeah. is there insurance is there like no, no, we do have insurance, insurance. Actually. <laughs> we, we do have insurance yeah no i'll tell you the difference uh have you ever had a friend that goes around telling you that he could knock everyone out and he's you know ready to be a boxer yeah and then have you ever met someone who actually trained to be a boxer mm-hmm. there's a very big difference right yeah so the difference between the guy that's doing the backyard wrestling or saying that he wants to wrestle is that's a guy who puts on a costume and probably play fights with his friends once every three to six months yeah what we do is we train three to five times a week mm. we have actual professionals that are teaching us how to throw a punch the right way they're teaching us how to slam someone the right way they're teaching us how to kick someone the right way mm. and this is a professional sport to us. We train this, we eat this, we live this, and we put in the work. So the difference between me and someone else out there who's just a backyard wrestler is that I have the dedication and the mindset that I'm going to put in the work to be the best damn wrestler I can be. And your buddy who backyard wrestles is making a mockery of it because he doesn't know what it takes, but he wants to sound cool. Mm. So well, yeah, we're talking the difference between the guy that thinks he can fight and the guy that knows how to fight. Do a lot of backyard wrestling events happen still? Like, is that something that happens? I mean, I don't know if it happens in Spokane a lot, but like, does it happen nationally a lot? Like, no, but my nine year old has his friends come over and they wrestle right. on the trampoline all the time. 
And then you, and then they probably sell tickets, and you come and watch them on their on their. No, trampoline. no one buys tickets to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other big difference, right? Is that we have an actual ring, we have an actual production, we have actual professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that you see in the backyard is sixteen-year-old kids who have gopros that decide they want to do something wild mm. but wouldn't but if there is a 16 year old that was listening to this and was interested was doing those backyard wrestle, wrestling events like but wants to take it seriously like is relentless like a, a place that would accept someone like that or absolutely we yeah. will accept anyone who wants to put in the work the only people we don't accept are people who don't want to put in the work yeah i'm not going to invest my time into someone who's not going to invest into themselves Absolutely. I guess that's a good segue to like uh, relentless athletics. It's your so what is what is it? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, <laughs> relentless athletics is Spokane's only professional wrestling school. It's uh, one of the premier wrestling schools in the entire Pacific Northwest. Mm. One of the reasons we developed relentless athletics is because there was so many people in this town who were exactly what you just described. Yeah. They wanted to learn how to wrestle. They wanted to do it, but they didn't know how. And we saw them being taken advantage of by other schools. We saw people that looked at them as just a dollar sign. We saw them have to make the same sacrifices that I did, where you had to drive seven hours every weekend just to go train somewhere and then drive back home. So we said, let's change it up. Let's let's make something here in Spokane where people can get the training they need. They can get the training they deserve. But then let's kick it up a notch. You know, we're never... Jackson and myself are never happy just doing the minimum. We're never happy being entry level. We're never happy just being subpar. We wanted to be the premier school. So one of the things that we did differently is I tapped into my experience from MMA. Uh, We decided that rather than just you coming and learning and training from one coach, we're going to very... We're going to diversify everything. We're going to bring in these big names from all over the world, and we're going to have them do seminars once a month. Mm. We're going to give you the opportunity to learn from a head coach that knows what they're doing, but we're also going to give you insight from people who have done this other places and have done this longer and have done this more successfully. We wanted to really be a hybrid school to where you are going to learn and you're going to grow in different ways than just... I'm a professional wrestler and this is all I do. Mm -hmm. We help people learn how to be entertaining. We help people learn how to do this safely. We help people learn how to make this a profession. So our school is very much unique in the sense that you're not just coming there and learning how to fight someone. Mm -hmm. You're coming there and you're learning how to be a professional wrestler in every aspect. Does that that even include like like setting up for the events and like making the the stage or the the ring like be professional? Like... I I think though, like I said, the one thing I've really watched is that this documentary on Apple that where they like it's a school and like they teach them how to do all the the wrestling moves, all that I mean do it safely, but then they also teach them how to like take down a ring and put up a ring and like do all the ins and outs of the of that. Yeah, that's that's something that we had our students start doing uh, about two three months ago, something like that. I don't want to say that we had them start doing. We asked oh. for help and they volunteered. Mm. And, and the reason I want to clarify that is because so many of these wrestling schools, like you were saying that you saw this documentary on, mm-hmm. this goes back to what I was saying of why we wanted to be something different. Okay. So many schools will find someone who has a passion and a love for this sport, and then they will just take advantage of them. Uh. They'll say, you're training here, so now you have to go do all mm. of our dirty work. Gotcha. They're, you're training here, you have to pay me, and you have to work. And like mm. that was something we said, we're not going to do that. We're, yeah. we're, we're not going to ever give anyone the false hope of hey if you set up our ring a bunch we might give you a match or hey Uh, if you do this a bunch you might get something or we're not going to guilt trip you into saying 
oh, well, you train here, so now you have to do this. Yeah. We do present the opportunity where we say, hey, if you want to learn how to do it, we would love to help and we'll show you how to mm-hmm. do it and we'll compensate you for your time. Gotcha. That I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it does seem like it's such a, a burgeoning sport that like it could... I could see how people could get taken advantage of because well, you we you you wouldn't know <laughs> we were both those people. Before. Oh, really? Yeah, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. So that it, it, it's, and you're right. I phrased that poorly, but you know when Chase and I started, we didn't know any better, and so we were on shows, and that's exactly what promoters would do. They say, "Hey, come to this, take this training, help set up this ring, carry it all up these flight of stairs, all this heavy mm. ass stuff. You do that and this and everything, and you might be able to get on the show." And you go, "Okay, cool." You do that like four or five times. Like, hey, man, what about that? Uh, you're like, oh, get you next time, brother. Mm, get you next time, yeah. brother. And that was every, and then it's just like, it's it's a complete waste of time. Is there is there a way of like kind of convincing people to kind of do it? It's like, oh, we had this, we've had these wrestlers go here and become part of like WWE or other professional things or like like go on to bigger and better things or is it just like the opportunity just to perform is that like what they're selling like kind of almost like tricking people into doing so the hard part is is that at a professional wrestling show you'll normally have seven to eight matches okay and seven to eight matches translates to 16 or maybe 20 people that are going to get a spot on that show yeah in washington i would say there's probably about 150 to 200 wrestlers mm so when you know that there's only 20 spots and there's 200 of you, you get this mindset of, well, what can I do to win over the guy that controls the booking on this? Mm. And that's where they would take advantage of that. Um, it, it really goes back to the origins of pro wrestling, and thankfully pro wrestling has changed a lot over the years. But pro wrestling originated in the carnival. It was kind mm. of a carnival scam. They didn't look for people who were professionals. They saw two big guys, and they said, hey, we should go pretend to fight because we can get a lot of money from people. <laughs> and then from there, people would watch it. They'd be in awe. They'd see these people on TV, and they go, "That's what I want to do." So then the scam came from, "Let's sell them on the fight." To let's sell these people that they can do it. They'll pay us, and we can get them to do our dirty uh, work. Yeah. And unfortunately, that was the way for a long time. Like when I came up in wrestling, the, one of the main things people focused wasn't about putting on the best match. wasn't focused on being the best entertainer. What they focused on was how do we get the most money out of their pockets into ours. Mm. And that was one of the big things we wanted to change. We yeah. we were like, that's it's it's such a dirty feeling. I yeah. I've I've never had anything in life that I didn't work for or I didn't have some sort of compensation for trading or doing something. I could I could never just feel okay with myself if I just took advantage of someone. And it killed me that the sport that I loved was built around that. Yeah. It, it was so many people would just constantly be like, hey, you know, the door was really light. We didn't sell a lot of tickets, but I'll get you next time, man, and all that stuff. And like, and we're like, no, that doesn't need to be that way. We can do this better. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. I, I love your passion for it. It does definitely seem like you're you're very passionate about this. And I, I want to know more about the the family of relentless wrestling like who who like it's family <laughs> i mean obviously there's the two I'm of the, you i'm the dad <laughs> well you know like that your cast of characters i should say like i mean i'm like i'm looking at this picture of 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 jaden um what appears to be cra- like jumping onto uh onto you chase uh, and <laughs> he deserved that but he was a bad boy but yeah like when you're putting together these events you like you said you have to have you know 20 some wrestlers like who are the who is the the pool of wrestlers wrestlers that are that you're 
that are working with Relentless and some that you're developing? Like, yeah. That, that's a hard one because our roster is ever changing. Yeah. We're bringing in people from all over the world and we're bringing in people that sometimes we can get them for one show. Sometimes we're mm. getting them for six shows. Sometimes they're gone and they come back. Um, we do have some mainstays. And before I get to those mainstays, I think that it would be important for us to credit the people that actually make all this possible. Mm. Uh, we, we have had a ref since day one, which is uh, J.P. Sullivan. J.P. Sullivan. He's done an amazing job of helping us since day one. Um, we have a ref named Brad Lee. Brad Lee. He doesn't get enough love, but that guy is truly one of the main backbones He's come show day. An amazing referee. Um, we have our announcer, the mouthpiece Maddox Ryan. <laughs> he's got he's got a following of his own, and he's been our announcer since day one. He uh, he definitely has helped us in more ways than one. He came down to our LA show and everything, and that guy's a trooper. Mm-hmm. We've had Andy Yank, we've had his father, we've had his son, we've had so many people that have helped make this what it is. Mm. Um, one of the people that puts in the most work that I don't think gets any credit is uh, Ashley Knight. Um, Ashley Knight is our GM. She is also the one that runs our ticketing. She runs our doors. She sets up our chairs. She tears down our chairs. She is normally she does merchandise. <laughs> yeah, she does merchandise. She is normally the first one in and the last one out. And so I would say that if anyone's getting the shout out here, it should definitely be her. Mm. Um, and then as far as the talent goes, we have guys like Kida who's been there since day one. I think he's only missed one or two shows. One show. Uh, we've had guys like Drexel that have been there for a majority of the shows. Funny Bone. He's the demigod of death. Um, we have myself, Chase James, the best wrestler in the world. Pretty cool <laughs> guy. Very handsome. Very funny. It's not true. Uh, everyone's favorite wrestler, really. <laughs> And then we have Rook Kelly is another Spokane local mm. who's been starting to be a part of more and more of our shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so many. There's so many to name. Warhorse, who lives in St. Louis. If you haven't looked at Warhorse, you should go look at Warhorse because that guy's amazing. I don't even know how to describe Warhorse. But he rules ass. Yeah, he is. He rules ass. Warhorse <laughs> that, that rules is just ass. saying, and it's so true. <laughs> he rules ass. Uh, so, yeah, like you get you get all these people traveling to come and be a part of it. Like... Uh, how does I mean? Is that just through networking, through like going to events and like meeting people and being like, "Hey, I'm Warhorse. I'm <laughs> I'm sure that's not what you call him. Maybe no, it, it, is. It, it, it is. That's his name. He you don't just say you go Warhorse. Oh, really? Tone. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awkward when you're like, "Hey, do you want anything to drink? Warhorse. You have to. It's weird. But, um, but is that is that how you get so, like? A lot of your your people, a lot of the talent to the to the shows. When we first Athletes, started, say. <laughs> when we first started, we got a lot of our talent because they were personal friends of either mm. Jackson or myself, or they knew us. Um, and then it turned into like their friends were telling their friends. And now Relentless has grown to such a big point that our inboxes are filled every day with people going, "I want to be a part of this product." Uh, and and I know it sounds like a broken record, but what it comes down to is that even the talent that comes and does our show, at the end of every show. And these guys, these guys are traveling the world. They're doing this five to six times a week all over the place. Oh, wow. They leave our show and they go, man, this is something special. Mm. That crowd was magical. This, this environment is so unique. And they have such a fun time that they want to come back and they tell their friends about it. And so we're getting talent that you normally wouldn't see. Like we're getting talent that is coming over from Japan. We're getting talent wow. that's coming over from Mexico. And we're getting these people that other shows and other wrestlers are going, holy hell, how did you get... How'd you get that guy? We we had a guy named Samuel Shaw that was released from the WWE. We were Mm. one of three bookings he did before he got re-signed to the WWE. And everyone was like, how did that happen? Ah, It was like a window of three weeks. (laughs) He was out of there. And 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 we we got got him him. on a show. 
Um, and we got him on a show because prior to that, we had a guy named Scotty Tuhati on our show. And Scotty Tuhati had such a fun time that, like, the moment this guy got released, he messaged him. He goes, you need to hit up Relentless. You need to get on one of their shows, and you need to experience this before you get signed again. Wow. That's, ama- that's amazing. Yeah. Where did this, like, word of mouth and, like... Uh, <laughs> like people talking about you like come like is it just come from like this being at the events and how what an amazing an event it is and like how well ran it is like i guess i should ask about that like what what does it take to i'll i will get to that question after you answer that question first yeah the first answer to that is remember earlier when you said you can tell how passionate we are about this yeah well the only people that are more passionate about this than us are our fans right. and woo, 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 so shout out yeah, <laughs> our, our fans bring such a level of energy and fun and excitement to the mix mm. that, like I said, man, it, it's it's it, once again, I sound like a broken record, but so many people come to our event that go, I wasn't even a wrestling fan, but this was the coolest thing uh, I have ever done. When's the next show? And they're buying front row tickets because they had so much fun. We have so many people that will be hosting a show at Players and Spectators. And mm. next thing you know, they're walking by because they're playing cornhole or bowling and they go, wait a minute, what what's this? And they peek their eyes in, and it always starts the same way. They peek their eyes in, and they go, oh, it's professional wrestling. Mm. And then 10 seconds, they go, holy moly, did you see that? And then they're laughing, they're having fun, and they're escaping the reality of what we all face in everyday life. Mm. And they they enjoy that escape. Yeah. And then now they're seeing a welcoming crowd that's bringing them in. They're having fun, they're enjoying themselves, and they go, I enjoy this feeling, and I want to come back to this feeling, and I want to enrich this feeling. And so I think that the passion that we bring is being met or exceeded by the passion that the fans bring, and that's what creates it and makes it such a magical thing. Mm, that's cool. I, I when I think of wrestling, like in the gener- like generationally, like it has it is something that's been around forever. Like I know I know families that are, you know, they were. I mean, if my dad wasn't into wrestling, but like I mean, I know families that you know generations of people have just been obsessed with wrestling, and I and I think. There is a real gap in Spokane for that. Like, I mean, we get the every once in a while we get WWE here, but like there's nothing else that really exists. And that's so cool to see like Relentless filling that void. Um, And that's kind of what it sounds like is that like people just love wrestling, you know, like and when you have when it's generational now, like it's like back in the 90s, it was it was so new. And now it's like. You can find, and but you, if you can't, if you can't find it, then it's you're probably just watching YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like I said, once again, it's not that we have people that love wrestling. Yeah. We have people that love Relentless. That yeah. They love the experience. Hmm. So many of our, so many of our fans, they say that they don't watch wrestling other than our show once every six weeks. That's awesome. Um, so I should ask, like, go put, like, putting on an event. What, what, what does it take to to put these events on? A lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, it's hard to say that, um, or I should say to explain it, just, I mean, because there's a lot of little pieces that go into mm-hmm. it, everything from having to pick up talent from the airports through various parts of the day yeah. to dropping them off at 3 a.m. in the morning after we run the show. Um, so there's, you know, there's that, that's a huge piece. Um, there's all the merchandising, there's building of the ring that has to happen, then everything that comes with building of the ring, and so transporting everything, and then, you know, just getting everything set up, all the sound getting mm. everybody in order, writing our card out, uh, getting all your information for music, getting all your music down, making sure everybody's where they're supposed to be on time. Um, so it's just, you know, there's just a lot of, I mean, the big stuff is really getting talent and the ring. Those mm-hmm. are your biggest. Everything else that makes the show actually happen, it's all the small stuff. Because there's, you know, getting chairs set up, n- numbering our chairs, doing all that crap. Yeah. And it just, it's an all-day thing. We get there 
at 11 and we don't leave until midnight, one in the morning. And that's just, you know, that's just setting up. That's not our meetings included, getting our cards set up before that, talking about what we want to do for the show and everything like that. You know, those are those hours that come in before it. Yeah. So when uh, one of the lines in the article is that it's, I forget what, it's like high tier hobby. Like I know that you have your shop tier one where you specialize in like race performance cars. I don't think I mixed those words up, but like Nick, do you, do you do something else full time too, right? I do other things full time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I mean, I this sounds for... like a full time job. <laughs> no, I'm an investigator for the state. So oh. I'm busy full time as it goes. Yeah. Period. And Chase works 40 plus hours a week. I work 40 plus hours a week plus our friends and families. And then, you know, I don't like calling wrestling a hobby because it's not. Right. Uh, wrestling as a hobby is what Chase was describing earlier. Is yeah. You're in the backyard every so often in the grass with some friends. What we do is, I mean, it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's more than any hobby I've ever been part of. Yeah. Just because so much work goes into it. And we're tired and we're angry and we get grouchy. Well- well, um, maybe that was a bad quote from the from the article. Uh, damn it, Seth. <laughs> but what would be the next steps? World domination. You said you took this down to L.A. Like I didn't even that you, you took Relentless down to L.A. Like for a show. We was, did. Was we, that taking wrestlers down for a show, or was that like you did a Relentless show down in L.A.? We did a Relentless show in L.A. and we brought some wrestlers down, and other wrestlers flew themselves there, and we made it a big thing. I think that the next step for Relentless, of where we're going to end up eventually, is pushing out all of our footage on some sort of platform Mm. and then evolving from there. It's a really hard thing though, because first and foremost, just to get it out there, relentless has never been about money or making money for us. Right. We don't look at it as a business in the sense that we need a profit. We look at it as something that we're very passionate about of how do we make this the best damn show every show. Yeah. And because of that, there is something that's really unique and intimate about having these shows be exclusive to you have to be there to experience it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we don't a hundred percent know where our next steps are as far as where relentless is going to go. We've had a lot of people reach out and say, Hey, we want you to bring your show here. Hey, can mm. we buy a show to have it happen here and all this stuff. And we've seen a lot of promotions that do that. And it, it unfortunately is just, not something I think that we want to do. Mm. I think that our main focus is growing on this show for Spokane and showing that Spokane is enough. Mm. You know, yeah. I think that one of the worst things we could do is go, Hey, we made it. We got a lot of following. Now we're going to Seattle. <laughs> right. That's not us. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want it to be your, like your full-time job? Like I had a buddy who lives in Oakland who he was doing a, he was trying to do a documentary for a, a group called hood slam. Oh Yeah. Um, and I know that they're kind of well known in Oakland, and yeah. and they're and they're very taken very seriously. But I like I don't know like I can't compare it to really anything else. Like because I know like I know that if it's not about making money, it's about just creating a cool thing. But like eventually, like if it's so successful, it could create money, or it could a big like a f- facility where you can. Do you have a facility? Do you or do you use a gym that someone somewhere where you where train? We, where we run the shows? Yeah, or train or train. Yeah, training. We have our own facility. So okay, that's, that's all taken care of. We yeah. run shows at Players and Spectators. Um, we have a lot of other venues that have been interested in having us come there. Yeah, uh, but we're, we're we're really loyal to where we're at. Yeah, so it's 
I could see how it's a hard concept to kind of get for some, but for us, yeah. this truly doesn't come down to being a business or being money. Yeah. This comes down to being the escape from your everyday life. This is allowing people who have been struggling with whatever they're fighting in their day-to-day life to come out and have a fun time and forget about how much life can truly affect you. Mm. And I don't think that you can put a price tag on that when someone comes to you and says, I've really been struggling and this has made me smile again. Right. We've had people have came up and said, my son was struggling and he didn't really talk much and wasn't really enjoying stuff, but now he wears your bandana every day and he has so much fun and he's drawing pictures and he wants to come to the next show. And like the, there's no price you could pay for being able to give someone hope and happiness. Mm. And that's just hard to beat. Wrestlers that are within, like that are doing it locally that are within the relentless like crew team, like do they have aspirations of like, do you have aspirations of making it to the WWE? Like, is that something you've tried to do or is that like, is that not what you're looking for? That's not what I'm looking for in life. I've, yeah. I've had many of opportunity where if that was my goal, I could have pursued it a little bit more and gave uh, it a push. Yeah. <clears throat> but once again, it comes back to like, to me, it's not about the money. It's not about making it a job. It's about what I can deliver and what I can do. Yeah. And that's really the biggest takeaway for it for me. Um, I am truly blessed in life to where I have a good day job and I have everything else. And, you know, I, I would never want to jeopardize that mm-hmm. to pursue something that I am enjoying in a different way. Cause once you do do that step, you now change away from being able to connect with the people on an intimate level and give them what they want to now it's just a nine to five. Right. Now you're in a different town every day. You're traveling and it's just, you're not there for your friends. You're not there for your family. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the control to be who you want to be. You're going to be whoever you, they tell you you're going to be that day. Gotcha. Huh? No, I, I like it. I know. I just, I really just want to get to the, I mean, I think I got to the, to the heart of what, it, what relentless is all about. It just seems to be about community. And I mean, and that seems to be very, very important to you. And I, I, and I commend that. Like, yeah, I, I can talk all day about doing things that I love to do and not making much money for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, you know, I appreciate you both coming to the Spokast to talk about relentless. And uh, I, I would love for you to mention again, like what are your events coming up? And what are the best ways to follow you? I th- you mentioned like relentless wrestling on all socials. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. The best way to follow us is definitely on all of our social medias. Uh, relentless wrestling on Facebook. It's at relentless PNW on Instagram and Twitter or X, I guess is what it's called now. Um, we have a show at Players and Spectators on November 11th. We have another show there December 9th. And I think that's the best way to keep in touch with us. What do you got, Jackson? Yeah, I mean. Or you can follow us on our own socials. Don't do that. That's okay, bad. Don't, don't. Never mind. I you lied. don't want to see Jackson's social media. <laughs> it's me weightlifting a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should have, uh, Jackson, like, do you, I know that you had a, you were injured. Like, you, do you wrestle anymore? Like, it's a sore subject. Um, yeah. All right. So currently, I, have, I haven't wrestled in over a year. Okay. Um, like a year and a half. And it's, it it's hard um it's it's very hard to not be able to do something that you really want to do yeah and so i've had to step back um into this production role um where i was kind of doing it before with our stuff but it was mainly like just kind of get it set it up pass it off to somebody else and then i moved you know into the back yeah 
but now it's you know that's all I do is the production. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing that strictly for a while. Um, while I was trying to figure out what my next steps were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I'll share it here first with everybody. Um, I'm having open heart surgery on the 27th mm-hmm. of November to hopefully remedy my issues. Um, and if everything goes well, then, you know, I'm going to start my comeback, hopefully, uh, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's been hard, but it's really been good to be in production too, because, um, been able, I think to have a lot more control as far as how the show goes. A lot of issues that we were having are not there anymore <laughs> since I'm there taking care of everything, um, and being able to do that. And it's really nice from that point of view to have my hands on everything um and it just helps mold but lately i have been doing a little bit more in the ring um i've been talking a lot more uh this this guy likes to come out and talk and then i like to tell him to shut up (laughs) and so we've this has been part of our storytelling that we've been doing Mm. um something we've really been focusing on in the last eight six months something like that so um you know hopefully fingers crossed everything goes well but yeah yeah well thank you for sharing that i hope all goes goes the very best for that i yeah that's that's very i'm i I can't say anything else i i I hope that all goes very well i I, and i I, i'm sorry for that oh don't be sorry i asked for it i want it to happen so right (laughs) we'll keep you updated if it doesn't go well yeah um (laughs) <laughs> you would say that. Uh, well, I again, thank you so much for telling. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely will. I have to look at my calendar, but I definitely want to come to a, one of the next two events. This sounds amazing, and I it, it does sound like something that like everyone should experience. Like, is there a cap for how many people can go to a like? I've is a, the November 9th show already sold out. Uh, November eleventh or eleventh. Sorry, it's okay, I remember. Um, anyways, we haven't sold out yet, but normally our shows do sell out. Okay, uh, we we cap it off at three hundred pre sales, and then we normally say fifty for the day of. Uh huh. Our last few shows have sold out about a week before the show, so. Mm. Right now, there is still tickets available. You can find them on Brown Paper Tickets or by going to any of our social medias, which is Relentless Wrestling. Mm. And we still have some seats available. I definitely recommend getting a seat because it is a long event to stand for. So if you're late at getting your ticket and you get stuck with standing room only, it's not the most exciting because your legs will be tired. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, awesome. Well, I mean, this will be coming out right before that show. Uh, So if you can't get tickets, try it if not go to the december showing and uh december 9th december 9th (laughs) december 9th november 11th december 9th i said it you got it right at the end i I saw your calendar you don't have anything going on (laughs) and if you don't make it we know where you live i don't live here well before we end the show i always ask one last question uh and that is why spokane convenience no um no, like Chase said, we were both here. I mean, obviously, we both have a hand in Spokane as far as it goes. Mm. Um, grew up here, and this is where we wanted to start. We've seen what the other companies are um, on the other side of the mountain and south of us, and we wanted to do something different, and we wanted to show Spokane that professional wrestling can exist within this community, and mm. it doesn't have to be people on four tires beating each other up with glass. Yeah. We chose Spokane because... Everyone else, especially from that other side of the state, said Spokane can't do it. 
They said Spokane isn't the place for it. Spokane. They said it was Spokane, and we wanted to show them that Spokane. And now we're putting on shows that are bigger and better than anywhere else in the state. So we made all the people that were naysayers go, you know what? Maybe now I want to go to Spokane. Hmm. Well, I love that. Well, again, thank you both so much for being on Spokast. And thank you all for listening. If this is your first time, please rate and review the podcast. It, it really helps out. And if not, I don't know what to say. Go to hell. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening. Until thank next you. time, peace.